You're listening to a Fair Mormon production. Welcome to Fair Mormon's Front Page News Review, where we provide context and analysis of the past week's media coverage of Mormons and the LDS Church. I'm your host, Nicoletti, and with me via the internet is manager of the Fair Mormon Front Page News Service, Cassandra Hedelius. We hope that this will be an edifying and entertaining experience. What we present is not to be understood as being the official position of Fair Mormon or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We speak for ourselves and sometimes not even then. So, uh, welcome again, Cassandra. I'm again in Las Vegas. Hopefully my internet is good and, uh, and consistent at the Bellagio. Uh, <laughs> where... Well, now this is a... Either an advertisement for how great Bellagio's <laughs> Wi-Fi is, or uh, draw your own conclusion. Yeah, there you go. All right, so let's get to our uh, our first news story, which comes from I guess this is a blog, not a not a print uh, media outlet called LA Observed, and it's one of the many outlets that decided to cover the grass out in front of the LA Temple. Yeah, this story arguably went a bit viral, or at least a lot of publications picked it up more than I would have expected. Interesting what people think is interesting. Well, and it's funny because I grew up in L.A. That's where I went to school. I was born in L.A. And I remember, you know, the L.A. Temple and seeing it. And But all of the news articles that have, I've seen on it keep calling it this iconic lawn out in front. But I I don't remember many people referring to the lawn as being some kind of extra special lawn. Um, but so, what about for you personally? Does it have iconic status in your childhood memory? You know, I, I guess. I mean, it just was kind of part of the look of the temple, but I, I never really considered the effort that went into a lawn that size or <laughs> the water for that matter. But apparently that's the big deal because California uh, is having a pretty serious drought, actually. And uh, yeah, so... Let's, let's up here we haven't yeah. actually said what the article is about it is that the los angeles temple which has a very large lawn i haven't seen it in person but from the picture oh it's big it is large, big um which has always been kept green as is considered preferable for lawns um due to the very severe drought california the lawn has been allowed to go brown they're not watering it anymore so now there is a large iconic expanse of brown dead grass and still some palm trees and landscaping up closer to the building i think yeah and and you know a lot of the tweets were saying that that this ended up becoming a sign of how dry things were that's how that that was kind of the way that it tipped everybody into thinking oh my gosh there's no water that this iconic lawn can't even be maintained or isn't being maintained for whatever uh, however you want to say that. but uh, So why is this important? I mean, why is this a, a relevant story other than it's a mention of the church? Well, I think it's important because it shows that the church, church leadership, and I don't know on what level this decision would have been made, but the temple leadership in Los Angeles takes seriously uh, the church's positions on environmental stewardship. Um, back as early as 2013, and the page has been updated, the essay tweaked a little bit since then, I think, um, the church has put out a statement and a gospel topics essay on its website 
just about how it is part of our belief and our doctrine that we need to be good stewards of our natural environment. Um, it says, all humankind are stewards over the earth and should gratefully use what God has given, avoid wasting life and resources, and use the bounty of the earth to care for the poor and needy. So arguably, this is avoiding wasting resources. Um, in a circumstance like California, where um, I'm not an, an expert on environmental and water issues, but it, it's a desert, and keeping a lawn green takes an awful lot of water, um, that's just not a great use of a scarce resource. And so the lawn had to go. So... Yeah, and, you know, it's kind of a funny out. it's kind of a funny thing, though, because, again, having grown up in Los Angeles, there are some parts, some cities that will actually fine you if you let your lawn go. But now things are so bad that this is actually kind of being encouraged. So it's it's funny how that ends up going back and forth sometimes. Yeah, I, I think I would be fined if my lawn got too bad. But I live in Maryland. There's no chance of a water shortage here. Um <laughs> Yeah, this is part of a much larger conversation um, about California. And well, I mean, I grew up in Colorado, which has is also a near desert. And so um, arguments and conversations about water and prioritizing prioritizing water use, that's part of uh, my growing up as well. Well, they got to save they got to save water for the font, right? They're just doing so many baptisms they are conserving for font water at the time. <laughs> You, you could say that, yeah. Um, I, I was just going to say, this is part of a much larger conversation. You can find a lot of coverage about California. What do we do about this drought? And so it's. I think it's great, and we can all be proud that um, the church has set a great example here, kind of taking the lead on showing, no, you don't have to have the a, a bright, dazzling green lawn. There are other things more conserving water for the good of everybody. There you go. Maybe they need to... What was that story in, in southern Utah where uh, it was at President Lorenzo Snow and there was this huge drought and he said, if you guys pay your tithing, the drought will go away and you'll get rain and all that. Maybe that's all this is. Maybe just California needs to pay its tithing. I don't know. <laughs> Shape up, California. No, <laughs> let, let's not go there. <laughs> you don't want to circulate that one? Okay, that's fine. No. All right, and the next one, Salt Lake Tribune and several other sources, again, talking about the Boy Scouts of America and the announcement that was made by the leader of the Boy Scouts, um, the former Defense Secretary, Robert Gates, who is considering, or at least maybe they are they moving forward with this, where they're going to be having to ban, drop the ban on having gay adult leaders. Uh, it's, it, I've heard different ways that it's a done deal, and others that this they're just kind of floating this idea. So can you give me a little bit more insight um on that? I think that you don't make a speech like this knowing it's going to get as much coverage as it gets unless you're pretty settled that this is the way you're going to go. So I think they have basically decided, yes, this is what they're going to do, but they're just rolling it out more gently than making a sudden start for policy change. Um, I mean, as far as anyone said officially, it, it hasn't it happened yet. Like Right. There's no official, you know, it's been changed in the handbook yet. But I I would be really, really shocked if they backtracked at this point. Well, I think that they can't. Now that they've opened the door, if they don't, they're saying, okay, we're ready for lawsuits. I mean, that this, this has pretty much put both feet in that door. But 
yet the, this article particularly is stating that the LDS Church is taking a wait-and-see approach uh, to how this policy either plays out or if it plays out. I, they're just kind of well, that's because what waiting is to see. Grabs is not the, the broad outline of the policy. I think we can be very confident about what it's going to be, but sometimes the, the devil is in the details, as they say. Um, and so the the church's statement just said that we're talking, we're listening, we're monitoring, we'll let you know how this goes. Um, because what Mr. Gates didn't say very precisely is um, how the breakdown is going to be between what the National Boy Scouts leadership says about um, what leaders are allowed, what the standard is for choosing scout leaders, the breakdown between that on the one hand and on the other hand, what local truth and especially troops that are sponsored by churches, what they can decide is right for their their groups on their level. And so Gates definitely left it open to say that, you know, churches aren't going to be steamrolled here and just nationalized policy. And so the church in their official statement responded by saying, all right, we are monitoring uh, watching and waiting to see what the actual breakdown and guidance on this is going to be. Um, and I mean, all of this makes a lot of sense. I think from Gates' point of view, I mean, he's, he's being a careful bureaucrat here, um, saying that lawsuits are on the horizon, they, and they have been for a long time. And he feels that the Boy Scouts needs to adapt in order to minimize the friction between it and the rest of the world. Um, but on the other hand, he knows that he can't just alienate a whole bunch of religious members of his organization. So, well, uh, some of the some of the disagreements that I've heard from let's pe- let's call it people that are more traditional Boy Scouts and and aren't really necessarily interested in seeing a change in policy, they're saying that there is this element of I think it's the Boy Scout motto or the oath. I'm trying to remember which one. I always get those screwed up, but. The one where it talks I wasn't about a Boy Scout, Nick, were you? <laughs> Not a great one, apparently. Uh, okay. But where it talks about our duty to God and 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 the role that God and moral being morally straight, and obviously that's not a morally straight isn't straight and gay kind of thing. But where do we say, you know, where how do you cast aside this commitment to the Scouts' oath and motto with respect to morals and God, essentially? By making this change, aren't you essentially changing that as well? Not just the policy of who can be a leader, but it almost means that the elements of the Boy Scout law and oath just don't have any relevant anymore. They're they're almost hypocritical. Well, yeah, I guess um, what Gates is trying to do is to say each um, kind of subgroup that is part of scouting define for themselves where they need to draw that line on what is morally straight. Does Can that include someone um, who is actively in a homosexual relationship? Obviously, um, the LDS units are gonna, going to say no, and some other units are going to say yes. So um, is there inherent tension there? Yeah. It seems a little weird to say morally straight, but you get to do that means. On the other hand, I guess history will show if Gates was making the right call here that in order to preserve the organization, he needs to move more in this direction. So yeah, this this is kind of the beginning of a story that will continue, I'm sure, over the next coming months. Again, the church is 
taking a wait-and-see kind of stance to this. I know that the church is not interested in, in getting out of scouting, but at the same time, they need to make sure that they're not um, being compromised in, in certain very fundamental doctrinal things that we've already talked about. We have not, I don't think we've had a single episode of our show that has not talked about something with the LGBT community. Have, do you realize that? I think we've, we've always had something to say about this. It's never, it's not going away, and I don't imagine it will be going away anytime soon in that regard. There's always going to be some issue that we have to kind of put in context, don't we? Yeah. Well, here, let me throw this out then. I'll, I'll sidetrack us that about this, as this whole, as, as Mr. Gates made his speech, there were also a few articles talking about or reminding how this currently officially banned water guns. That broke my heart. I was not a Boy Scout, but I have been a Cub Scout leader for several years, and I loved that. And, oh my goodness, to deprive those boys of water guns, that's a travesty. Yeah, and I think that that what's happening here is that the Boy Scouts are going through an identity crisis, and there's there's a lot that's going to be lost in this redefining of what the organization is, and... um, yeah, we'll see how that goes, but it, it's definitely going to be uh, something we'll be following up on and, and keeping an eye on. Uh, let's move on to our last story that is a big, giant, of course, kind of story. Big shocker to this one, but Mormons more likely to marry, have more children than other U.S. religious groups. I don't know that this is news or shocking to many people, but it is... is it- a- because it's not Mormons versus the rest of the population. It's Mormons versus other U.S. religious groups. Yeah, I, I think other than Catholics, there's no other denomination that I've heard of that is so easily identified with the number of children that <laughs> Ever we heard seem of the to. Duggars? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. There, there are there are a lot of other Christians out there who do like large families, although I guess that they are quite a minority. That's what these numbers are showing. Um, you, you're you just saying that you were not at all surprised by this. No. I was a little bit surprised. I didn't think the gap would be quite so large because we're not just talking about having big families, the, you know, the stereotypical Mormon or Catholic family with 10 kids. We're talking about being likely to marry and have children at all. Yeah. Well, I, and according to this article, they're saying that Part of what has made this, uh, I guess, this gap a little bit bigger is that the population of Mormons uh, in America has changed maybe 0.1% of the national population over the last year. But the Christian population, or what I guess they're deeming as Christian, has dropped 8% in that same time period. So I think part of what's going on here is how people identify themselves, not just religion as, you know, just in, in a kind of a generic umbrella term, that there's other influences to this that make that gap a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, there's been a lot of discussion about that. You know, what is going on with this demographic shift with Christians being less of a, a less large of a group in the overall population? One finding in here that I thought was, this to me was more of the duh finding, but it also explains a lot, um, is that Mormons are very, very endogamous, um, which is a... Which is a big word you have to explain. Meaning that they marry other Mormons. They marry within their religious community. 
and more likely to do so than almost any other religious group except for Hindus. So more than Muslims, more than Catholics, more than evangelicals, Mormons are likely to marry other Mormons. And obvious reasons for that, you can only marry in the temple if you are marrying another Mormon. Go rephrase that because I think I may have heard you wrong. You may only marry in the temple if both of you are Mormon. Oh, see, I thought that's not what you said. I, you made it sound like Mormons only marry other Mormons in the temple, Ma- meaning. Oh that, no, 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 that's not. So, what I so yeah, no, no, that's fine, and I'll edit it. I'll edit it correctly. <laughs> no, okay. So but to, to right. make it clear, rewind. <laughs> So it makes sense that Mormons are likely at very high rates rates to marry other Mormons because Mormons are taught that marrying in the temple is a great idea and you can only marry in the temple if both you and your spouse are Mormon. Um, And I think that the social science literature and the demographics literature shows that this is actually very important for maintaining um, your population numbers. I know we're talking about Mormons um, keeping up their percentage of the American population that is Mormon. I think that marrying within the faith has something to do with that. You are more likely to stay in your religion if you marry within your religion. And so other members of other religions who are more likely to marry outside their religion, um, I think that is that goes along with the study showing that um, they are leaving their religion in greater numbers or the, the, the their percentage share of the population is declining. Yeah. And, you know, you say that this wasn't shocking to you. And I, I don't think I was shocked by the Mormon aspect of it, that they're saying that 82 percent uh, marry within the faith. That that didn't necessarily shock me. Perhaps it was a little little bit you know, a different number than I thought, maybe a little, little bit higher, depending on who identifies themselves as Mormon. Um, I think what actually surprised me is the breakdown of the other faiths and how they don't seem to have as close ties in their marriages to people of their faith. I always used to hear the jokes about Jews who came in at 65% as, as being, you know, that you had to marry another Jew. I mean, that was just culturally more available in certain areas. There's a stereotype about a find a good Jewish boy. Well, I I have heard that. Yeah. Take it however you wish. But yeah, I think that that you call it a stereotype, but I, I think that that one was a lower than I, I kind of thought. Um, and, and frankly, some of these things kind of surprised me as well as how this this research was done. For example, they had a, a segment of the population that they call historically black Protestant was uh, it was a breakdown versus mainline main uh yeah mainline protestants and uh, what's an orthodox christian um Greek orthodox russian orthodox just someone coming out of the uh, schism between the catholics and the orthodox so okay. they're not catholic they're not protestant they're orthodox okay so and historically black protestants and um, that makes a lot of sense too i'm just you know i, I live like in what, southern baptist or I, mean, I know what... a lot of black Protestants, and just they tend to have um, their own churches. They just really are a distinct group culturally and demographically from um, other Protestant groups that have tended to be more white. It's just kind of how things break down in a lot of the country. Well, there you go. And then there's an unaffiliated, which 
I don't know if how you're unaffiliated, but yet religious. But there you go. So there's a well, lot. There are a lot of non-denominational churches. Well, non-denominational is that different than unaffiliated? Mm, good question. But that would be my guess. Okay. Well, see, that's what I mean. I, at this point, it's always interesting to see these different uh, studies that have gone out and see that they're really based on what people wish to identify themselves as. Because sometimes you can be, you just simply just don't identify as Catholic, even though you're technically Catholic. Um, so it just depends on how they, you know, how someone chooses to identify themselves. But in any case, uh, other than Hindus at 91%, which is pretty impressive, uh, Mormons came in second at 82% of uh, likely to have married someone within your own faith. You thought that, that was exactly where we'd be, 82%? <laughs> um, if you had asked me before I saw this study where I thought the number was, um, I probably would have guessed somewhere in the high 60s or low 70s. So, really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I do think that marriages are more likely to succeed when there are as few points of disagreement as possible. So marrying within a religious tradition is great for the strength of a marriage. And obviously, I love the temple and was married in the temple. And Mormons marrying other Mormons hopefully means that a lot of them were married in the temple. So that's great news. Absolutely. And to get the last stat here from the article in, uh, Mormons have more children than Americans of other religious groups. Apparently, uh, I don't see necessarily uh, Catholics on this list, which is, like I said, my typical go-to stereotype of another religion that has a lot of children, but they say that Mormons have 3.4 children uh, on average, which is 1.2 children higher than what they deem as Christians. So congratulations on that extra 1.2 child. I don't know if there's kudos that go out for this or if, if that number even seems low. Um, as a father of five girls, I, I see a lot of other five uh, children families in, in our ward. So I thought maybe 3.4 was a little low, but then again, I don't well, know how where that's... Where do you live, Nick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I am the mother of so far no children. I hope to have children. So, and of course, there's going to be a, a variety of families and situations throughout the church. But yeah, it is great that Mormons are so much higher than us. Someone's got to pull the weight for the country. Might as well be us. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, those are the news stories for this week. Uh, we want to remind people that we are just about done with the early bird conference tickets for Fair Mormon Conference. The pricing is up in just a couple of days. So if you are still interested in going and getting tickets, please come to the Fair Mormon webpage and get your tickets. They, they're purchasable through the bookstore, correct? Yep. All right. Make sure everybody goes and likes the Fair Mormon Facebook page. We are doing some really good work in getting the word out there and some great content. Every day there's always something really good to check out. And uh, so please go to the Facebook page and give us a like. We broke the 3,300 mark not so long ago, so doing pretty good. You know I will say, um, go to fairmormon.org and sign up for the front page newsletter. You can get a wonderful nicely curated digest of news stories having to do with Mormons in your inbox every weekday. It's a good service. If you do say so yourself. I do. And I agree. It is good. I love getting it and seeing what's going on. So uh, 
thank you again, Cassandra, for taking your time and, uh, and putting together this show with me. Your research is, is what makes this all happen. Thank you very much. This has been a Fair Moment production.